Hey, how are you doing there? It's me, Jonathan Royal, hypnotist of MagicalGuru.co.uk and MagicalGuru.com and of course, UltimateHypnosisCourse.com. It's Sunday, it's the 29th of January 2023 and I'm recording this at 14 minutes past four United Kingdom time. I mentioned that because at four o'clock today, we were supposed to be going live on Facebook um, for an event called Prayer hypnosis and healing which was advertised by fulfillment orby who runs the living flames of fire youtube channel and podcast and whatnot and he's supposed to be interviewing me about prayer and hypnosis and the connotations thereof unfortunately he's not shown up so i hope he's okay um yeah, basically, I hope it's okay. So I thought what I'd do is i make this video to clear up the main misconceptions about hypnosis and religion. And to start with, I would like to quote for you from a, a book called um, Kissing Frogs, subtitled Practical Uses of Hypnotherapy, which is um, the chapter's called Kissing Frogs, rather, Practical Uses of Hypnotherapy. It's chapter 13 of a book, Hypnosis and Religious Faith. And the chapter is written by Chaplain Paul G. Durbin, who is the Director of Pastoral Care at Pendleton Memorial Methodist Hospital, New Orleans. And I'm just going to read you some of the article that can be found on godrules.net. Okay, so... History of relationships between hypnosis and religion. It could be said that the first written record of the use of hypnosis is found in the Old Testament, Book of Genesis 2.21-22. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and while he slept, took one of the ribs and closed up its place with flesh, and the rib which God took from man, he made woman and brought her to man. In this incident, God used hypnosis so that Adam felt no pain during the removal of his rib. Um, indeed, one of my mentors, uh, Gordon Mee, a.k.a. Delava, whose parents, grandparents and several generations of his family were hypnotists, mesmerists and suggestive therapeutic uh, therapists and also um we're involved in spiritualism. In his books, The Hypnotist Bible by Delavar, that's D-E-L-A-V-A-R, available on Amazon, he goes into how there are numerous examples of hypnosis in the Bible and how religion and hypnosis are inextricably linked. And indeed, I have a package out called the Bible, God and Hypnotism. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the video description below where you can get 50% off and it goes into how hypnosis is used in religion by religious ministers and preachers um, to you know, engage the mind. Also, how it's used in all different types of spiritual and religious healing and all the other links. But anyway, to continue with Paul Durbin's um, comments. Chaplain W. Leo Peacock makes a point with his interpretation of Matthew's account of Joseph's dream concerning taking Mary as his wife from Matthew 1-20-25. When Joseph discovered that Mary was expecting a child, he decided to break his engagement for he knew the child was not his. 
The story told of an angel or a messenger coming to Joseph in a dream. In this dream, the angel told Joseph to take Mary for his wife. Upon waking, Joseph did as the angel suggested. Peacock writes that this is a clear description of an individual being given a post-hypnotic suggestion on which he immediately acts on as soon as he comes out of the hypnotic trance state. Paul speaks of being entranced while he was praying in the temple, Acts 22.17. Peter fell into a trance and from that experience came to see that God loves all people who come to him, Acts 10.1-48. Though the book of Acts, there are a number of references to the apostles looking into the eyes or gazing into the eyes of a person which resulted in the person being healed. Acts 14, 9, hyphen 10. The practice of laying on of hands mentioned in the Bible used some of the techniques of hypnosis, including verbal and nonverbal suggestion. My side point there. Over the centuries, hypnosis has had its ups and downs, but in recent years, it's become more accessible. In spite of the successes of hypnosis, we still have those who question its usefulness and others who see it as a tool of the devil. One of our missions is to convince those who doubt and enlighten those who oppose so that people may live better lives. I just inject something to myself here, and that is heaven and hell, I believe, are created by ourselves, by our state of mind. OK, so if you think you can create heaven here in your mind, then the Lord's Prayer takes on a different meaning. Within it, it says our father, if you think your father is your subconscious, unconscious mind, your personal neck computer, who art in heaven, well, heaven's created in your mind, so it's in your head. Um, then later on, the line of on earth it be done as it is in heaven is relating to the fact that what you think and turn into action manifests as reality on earth in the environment. It has to be a thought to become an action in the real world. OK, we'll continue with religious organisations, positions on hypnosis. Hypnosis is neither anti-religious nor pro-religious. It can be used for good or bad, depending on the hypnotist and the subject. Today, most religious groups accept the proper use of hypnosis. Exceptions among Christian groups are Christian science, Seventh-day Adventist, and some individuals of various churches. However, in recent years, the Seventh-day Adventists have lessened their resistance by actually using relaxation and suggestion therapy, which are just other names for hypnosis, really. Though many in various churches opposed to hypnosis use the principles of hypnosis, including Christian science and Seventh-day Adventists, in their healing services, they denounce hypnosis and that they use the techniques. In other words, they don't want people to realise they're using hypnosis techniques. Um, God perhaps is a, a misspelling, but another owing and it becomes good. It's about having a good, positive state of mind. Anyway, I interject again. Here we go. Let's go back to uh, Paul Durbin's uh, wonderful article. The Roman Catholic Church has issued statements approving the use of hypnosis. In 1847, a decree from the Sacred Congregation of the Holy Office states... Having removed all misconception, foretelling of the future, explicit or implicit invocation of the devil, the use of animal magnetism, hypnosis in other words, is indeed merely an act of making use of physical media that are otherwise licit and hence it is not morally forbidden provided it does not tend toward an illicit end or toward anything deprived. So, in other words, in short, they're saying hypnosis is licit, 
is okay, is positive, is acceptable when used for licit, okay, positive purposes. It's all about intention and use. The late Paul Pierce gave us his approval of hypnosis. He stated that the use of hypnosis by healthcare professionals such as myself and uh, trained clinical hypnotherapists and medical doctors as well and such like for diagnosis and treatment is permitted. In 1956, in an address from the Vatican on hypnosis in childbirth, the Pope gives these guidelines. Number one, hypnotism is a serious matter and not something to be dabbled in. Couldn't agree more. Two, in its scientific use, the precautions dictated by both science and morality are to be needed. Not sure what he means. Three, under the aspect of anesthesia, it is governed by the same principles as other forms of anesthesia. This is saying that the rules of good medicine apply to the use of hypnosis. Except for exceptions noted, no other Protestant churches have any laws against the use of hypnotherapy. And to the best of my knowledge, there has been no opposition to the use of hypnosis in the Jewish faith when it is used for the benefit of mankind. Although that said, there are incredibly strict laws in Israel relating to hypnosis. It's not allowed for entertainment. It's only allowed by certain medically qualified and correctly registered individuals. Um, and yet, if you use the techniques with someone with their eyes open, which is waking state hypnosis and call it something else like um, meditation or the law of attraction, the same technique under a different name and suddenly it becomes legally acceptable. It's something of a farce, really. Um, except uh, we've covered that bit. Many of the Far Eastern faiths, Buddhism, yoga, Shintoism and others approve the use of hypnosis and they often use hypnosis techniques in their own worship. The Christian church also uses many hypnotic techniques in their worship. The use of eye fixation on the candles, the candle flame, the cross. The pulpit, the bowing of the head in prayer, which is a, a submissive action and a suggestion to relax also and uh, be compliant. And the closing of eyes in prayer to internalise and your fixation of attention on one thing to the exclusion of everything else are all basically hypnotic induction process, important seeming ritualistic stuff. Okay. The Muslim religion has no opposition to hypnosis that I've been able to discover. For those who oppose hypnosis on religious grounds, I remind them of the words of John Baptist Van Helmont, that hypnosis is a universal agent and is a paradox only to those who are disposed to ridicule everything, who ascribe to the influence of Satan all phenomenon which they cannot explain. You see, some say that hypnosis places the soul in a passively receptive state and opens the door to morbid spiritual influences. If this is correct, then prayer, meditation, the process of going to sleep and chemical anesthesia place the individual in a similar, arguably more vulnerable state than that of hypnosis. And Jesus indicated by his teachings that we should help people live life to its fullest and relieve pain whenever possible. In other words... Of course, hypnosis is acceptable when it's helping people relieve pain, overcome habits, addictions, fears or phobias or change their life for the better. In fact, in the good book, as some people deem it, the Bible, it says his divine power gave us everything we need for life. It's a clue that all the solutions you need to your problems already exist within you because he gave you everything you need for life. Um, 
hypnosis should not be condemned as anti-religious just because a few people misuse it. Some oppose hypnosis because it is used by the occult. Well, occult is just a word meaning hidden. Um, but we do condemn prayer because, but we don't, but do we condemn prayer rather because prayer is used by the occult? No. Hypnosis is a very helpful tool of counselling. Without apology and when appropriate, hypnosis should be used for growth, health, overcoming unwanted habits and the benefit of people. In the years ahead, may those who discount hypnosis come to see its value. May those who oppose hypnosis on religious grounds come to view it as a gift of God to help us attain a more abundant life. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to teach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Luke 4.18. Following this guidance and with the proper use of hypnosis, we can heal the brokenhearted, bring deliverance to those in captivity to pain, fear and phobias. Give sight to the emotionally and spiritually blind and set at liberty those who are bound by unwanted habits. As members of different denominations and religions, let us join hands in brotherhood to share the blessings of hypnosis with others. Quoted from chapter 13 of Hypnosis and Religious Faith, uh, called Kissing Frogs, Practical Uses of Hypnotherapy, by Chaplain Paul G. Durbin, Director of Pastoral Care, Pendleton Memorial Methodist Hospital, uh, New Orleans. And as a side note, as you can see on magicalguru.co.uk, that's M-A-G-I-C-A-L-G-U-R-U.co.uk, I am an ordained reverend of the Universal Life Church, and I'm also an ordained archbishop of the Universal Life Church. So I tell you, from if you arguably my own standpoint as kind of running my own church of hypnosis, which um, is actually not called a church, it's called the Elite Hypnosis Bootcamp, and you can find full details on it at ultimatehypnosiscourse.com. That hypnosis used for licit purposes is, as stated before, licit, acceptable, positive, and fine. And I can tell you that all the techniques you need to use for yourself, you could think of this as a modern day Bible. Although it's not written in religious speak, it's written in street speak the way most people on the street speak. It's called Shitnosis, helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together. It's available on Amazon and all major bookstores by searching Shitnosis by Jonathan Royal. That's Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Royal, R-O-Y-L-E. For just 17 bucks, $17 or 15 pounds united kingdom sterling you get this very big format book which is also full of these things qr codes which lead you to online virtual interactive treatment sessions that help teach you how to reprogram your personal laptop computer using self-hypnosis techniques some might call them self-prayer some may call them self-meditation doesn't matter what you call them the point is use with positive intent and positive intentions they're fully acceptable in all religions when you do your research um and you know as i say if you want to learn more about hypnosis is used in religion look at the link above or below this video and get my bible god and hypnotism training package with 50 percent off at the link below uh well there you go food for thought and links where you can learn more are above or below this video bye for now